for you. This is why, again, again, there's many verses on this. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Notice, and he who rules the spirit, self-control, is better than the individual who can conquer a city. The strength of self-control of the spirit of God working within us that we might see anger slow, slow to anger because we understand the seriousness of what's at stake. Listeners, welcome to Live in the Light and today's Crash Course on Character. What a fun title, Robbie. I've always loved learning, so a crash course sounds like something I can get behind. A crash course on character. Leave it to James to do that, huh? Love it. James, in his letter, he just is so pithy and succinct and just, again, potent and powerful and purposeful. And any other word starts with a P as well. So we, we are, yeah, there you go. Very practical. We are excited to be with you today. Um, as always, our team here works hard to bring you, again, this ministry to encourage you to see life change. Would you take the time to let us know how the Lord is working in your life? It really, really does bless us. Again, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of prayer going for you specifically here today. You can email us. You can call us. Again, you can go online. You somehow reach us. Uh, We would love, love to hear how the Lord is impacting you and encouraging you, and specifically through the ministry here at Live in the Light. And Shane, you mentioned character. It is a crash course on character today. Probably one of the more familiar passages in the book of James, and that's saying a lot. Quick to listen slow to speak and others so hey um, get ready to be challenged because it's coming right to everyday life where we live the things we say how we think all that kind of stuff it's going to hit us right now and may the Holy Spirit use it powerfully now to see change and application and great encouragement uh, for our hearts uh, for our lives and for the way we live and so excited to do that now with you here at Live in the Light Amen, and that's so good. Do your actions reflect your words as a follower of Jesus? Does this reflect your love for the Lord? If you need encouragement or direction in this area, buckle up and listen in. Let's get into the message today. Amen, amen. You can be seated if you haven't already, and please um, find a Bible and open it to uh, James chapter 1. James chapter one together, one more week in James one after this, Lord willing. Just before we jump into God's word officially, I want to make you aware of, um, we had a young adult gathering, um, it's called Through the Roof, second time we've done it. This was two Fridays ago and over 500 uh, young adults gathered from all over the place. Amen. Amen. It's a huge deal. Um, I, I just want you to be aware of the things that the Lord is doing in our midst. And so there was so many, um, again, 20-somethings from all over the region, really, a bunch from our church, but really hundreds from elsewhere as well to gather. And um, so I came, I sat in the back. I don't pretend to be 20-something, okay? So make sure I made that very clear. So I'm very aware I'm not. But I sat in the very, very back. I just wanted to watch. I just wanted to be there. And as I sat there and just discerning, I just think what a wonderful evangelistic opportunity this is. And I said, Lord, imagine you set ablaze the young people in this room. Imagine the hearts. Imagine the people that would be called to serve you and to bear fruit for you. And just it's, again, Hope Church, I just want you to be aware. 
and to be encouraged. God is doing many things. He's entrusted us. We have a stewardship. It's humbling, but it's also very, very encouraging. It's worthy of our attention, our prayer, our support, again, of another ministry. The next one's going to be in June, and we're just praying that God will continue to use. So thankful for our leaders that are overseeing this ministry and how blessed we are to be a part of it. So praise the Lord for that. And so now we jump into James uh, chapter one. We'll be looking at verses 19 to 21 today. Um, but to start here today, I just want to define um, what is a crash course. Get your attention there a little bit. A crash course on the screen for you. A crash course defined by Britannica and Cambridge is a class in which a lot of information is taught in a very short period of time. Uh, another definition, very similar, um, a course that teaches you a lot of basic facts in a very short Again, time, a crash course, a crash course. You could argue that is exactly what the book of James is. It is a crash course in so many different areas. Uh, James is firing through these massively important subjects and each paragraph is just packed with imperatives and wisdom and also doctrine as well. And our paragraph today is no exception. It's just loaded, it is there and it's gonna provide for us this today, a crash course on character. Today we receive a crash course on character. Now I just love James. I've said this already in this series. He pulls no punches. He's incredibly succinct. He's willing to press on the key nerves that we don't always like, but we need. And he packs again this letter here with life-changing wisdom. And today again, again, in some ways the entire letter, but today he goes specifically for character. Um, he desires to see life change. Why? Why is James concerned with this? James understands knowledge is not good enough. To have a knowledge about God is not enough. You have to have a knowledge of God to actually know him personally. The whole theme really of the book of James is, if your faith is real, show it with your feet walking in fruitfulness of Jesus Christ. This is why he cares so much about character. Our context of our passage is verse 18. Look at verse 18. You see there, God brought us forth, those saved in Christ, if you're generally saved, he brought us forth by the word of his truth that we'd be a kind of first fruits in his notice creatures. What does Jesus do? Every baptism today testifies they became a new creation because of Jesus Christ and his salvation and the Holy Spirit entering their lives. So what happens is, if you're genuinely, listen carefully, this is, this is for some here already. If you're genuinely saved in Christ, theology, the Bible tells us, you become a new creature. And if you are a new creature, you must begin to bear new fruit. This is why Jesus said, you shall prove to be my disciples as you bear much fruit, right? So if someone's brought from death to life, they're not brought to life to sit there dormant. No, they bear fruit because that's what God has saved them towards. That's Christ in them. That's the Holy Spirit bearing fruit through them. And one of the greatest tests or indicators of true fruitfulness is character. 
It's the character that God is changing within our everyday lives. So specifically today, here's what the Bible is teaching. The Bible is going after today. We will see our character in terms of how we listen. We will see changes in how we use our speech. The big one today, we will see our character impacted by how we deal with anger. We will see our character and whether or not we have hatred for sin in us and around us. We will see character in how we respond to the Bible, which is used to save our souls, the text says. So another exciting day in the book of James. James 1 verse 19, notice. He says this, know this, know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let every person, every person, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, because of this reality, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, wow, and receive with meekness the implanted word, the gospel, the scriptures, the Bible, notice, which is able to save your souls. So indeed today, a crash course on character. Let us begin. Know this, know this, James says, when it comes to your character, number one, number one, we must have, we must have open ears, careful tongues, and restrained or self-controlled anger. Open ears, careful tongues, restrained anger. So verse 19, notice right away, James's clarity and certainty. He says, know this, not a lot of ambiguity here. Know this, this is clear. He says, my beloved brothers. Notice here's his affection again. I want you to see again, loved ones here today, the affection of James compels him to truth. Because I love you, I will speak this truth to you. If I did not love you, I would not give you a crash course on character. And then he says this in verse 19, notice, let every person, let every person. So not just a few pastors, not just a couple of key leaders, let every person know this, okay? Every person, so you're here right now, you're here sitting in this room, you're in overflow right now, you're listening online, whatever it might be. Every single person here right now, the Holy Spirit has a word for you. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you personally. The Holy Spirit in love is coming after you right now. The Holy Spirit's going to convict you. It's one of his main roles that he does. And the Holy Spirit's gonna shower you with the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ today as well. So three commands are initially given. They're all life-changing. They're all very convicting and have strong application. Let's take them one at a time here in verse uh, 19, he says this, okay? Ready, he says, be quick to hear. Know this, be quick to hear. It's interesting to note that in the first century, uh, listening was especially important. Why, why? Well, because books, as you can imagine, were quite rare. Certainly not like our day today. It was, it was mostly an oral culture, which meant then the inability to listen well sets you in a very serious spiritual disadvantage. If you were too distracted and you could not listen, especially to the things of God, in many ways, you would be left behind, spiritually speaking. Hence, know this, be quick to hear. Then there's our culture, first century to 21st century, 
All cultures, interesting, as you look around and all the information we have around us, we become so massively visual though, haven't we? We become so massively oral. We have seemingly infinite amounts of information hitting us on a daily basis. So much information, yet so little transformation in our lives and around us too. Consider, consider the importance of listening, biblically speaking. I was just, my eyes were open to how many scriptures spoke about the discipline of listening. Just, just a couple of examples here. The author of Hebrews, he complains and challenges his audience in the book of Hebrews that they were not growing spiritually. Why? He labels it as, because you have become dull of hearing. They did not listen. They were distracted. They weren't growing. They weren't learning. Jesus, when he's teaching the power of the parables, which in some ways were shouted in mystery, he stands up and declares, he who has ears, let him hear. The separation of those who truly listen and are quick to hear and those who do not. It was Paul, again, regarding the, the, the beauty of true salvation in, in Romans 10. He says, faith comes by hearing. Hearing, he says, the word of Christ. Our context for this imperative of quick to hear is sandwiched between two exhortations in verse 18 and verse 21. Both point to the word of truth. If you look at verse 18 again, right? This is our, the sandwich of our context here. He says that we have been brought forth, made alive, given new birth by what? By the word of truth, the Bible, the gospel, the scriptures, the message of Jesus. Be quick to hear. And then verse 21, notice that we are, and we'll get there in a second, receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So again, our context, the sandwich of the word of truth, the word of God. So, so this, this again, many people here from many different situations. The greatest application of listening in our lives applies to the Bible applies to the truth of the gospel, which is used and the only message that can truly change our lives forever. Now, this is a tremendously important point right now because we are currently living in a devastating time of mass video and seemingly endless entertainment. Many people are entertaining themselves all the way to death. Think of all the streaming services that are being offered in our day. Here's a sample. These are just a sample. There's dozens and dozens more, which in itself is mind-blowing. I want to ask you this too, okay? Here's a sample of the most popular streaming services. How many of these are you currently subscribed to, okay? If it's three or more, I think you need to come up to the front and just get down and repent right now, okay? I just, I just, I just think that there's a problem there that we need to address because with every subscription, we know indicates time, affection, distraction, idolatry, endless entertainment, which almost always shuts out the very voice of God. Uh, on top of that, too, they say, how many subscriptions do you have that are listed here? And again, there's many, many more we could put on here. Just the money spent on that as well. And only people, they, they have three, four, five subscriptions and they're not giving to the kingdom. Like there's something wrong there. Like there's such an upside down understanding of what actually matters in life. 
right? So it's not sinful to subscribe to certain things like this, but if your heart and life is set upon it, then it is sinful. If this is all you're doing, there is a problem. These subscriptions, but here's the question, but are we subscribed most importantly to the word of God? This is what it really comes down because this is the only thing that can actually result in true life change and eternal life. This is the only message that points us to Jesus Christ. Are we quick to hear? Are we quick to listen? No wonder, eh? Like no wonder in our day, no wonder our God time, our devotional time is so distracted. No wonder our prayer lives are so diminished because it's our inability to listen will damage our devotion. So Sonia, James says here, he's like, listen, hurry up and listen. That's what he's saying. Be quick to hear. Hurry up and listen. Why? Don't waste time. One life. Do not spend it in front of the screen your entire life doing nothing. Hurry up. Hurry up and listen. Listen to the Lord. Listen to Christ. Listen to the word. Listen to the message that changes lives. Listen to the one who speaks truth. Listen to the one who forgives. Listen to the God of love and mercy and grace. Listen, listen, hurry up. Hurry up and listen before it's too late. And of course, quick to hear is so closely related to the next imperative, which is slow to speak. Slow to speak. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Really, really good wisdom for us today. But let's be honest here too. Most of us live as these commands are in reverse. Most of us, slow to listen, quick to speak. By the way, the Bible has a ton to say about those with a rash tongue and with reckless speech. Like a ton to say about the words that we use. Apparently it was a guy named Zeno, an ancient philosopher. He said this, this is, this, this is wisdom. He says, we have two ears and one mouth. Therefore, we should listen twice as much as we speak. That's good, that's good. Everybody knows the way we're created to. Our ears are perpetually open. Our tongues are guarded by a shield of teeth and lips that shut. That's inherently God created us in such a way we are to listen more than we speak. Proverbs 18, two on the screen for you. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding but there's so many proverbs on speech, man. It's amazing. But only in expressing his or her opinion. Another kind of colloquial saying, which is you know, rooted in scriptural principles too, is this, you will win more friends with your ears than with your mouth. That's interesting to ponder on. Character, listen, character is profoundly revealed by the words that we choose and use. Say, so how do you know that? Well, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, finish it for me, Yes, the mouth speaks. So, so the words that come out from on us reveal the heart within us. It is very, very critical and crucial with the words that we use revealing what's actually inside. More principles of wisdom, all gained from scripture. We'll see this in a second. Abraham Lincoln, he said this, it is better to be thought a fool and remain silent than to speak out and remove all doubt. <laughs> and he got that from scripture himself as we'll see in just a couple of moments as well. The principles of being slow to speak. Listen, it's impossible to listen if you never stop talking. Our inability to listen to others is often an indication of our inability to listen to God. Too many people can't stop to listen to the God of the universe. 
And when we do, often it's like this, okay, God, speak, but you only have 60 seconds, so make it quick. It's not how it works. And yet those are most of our lives. You know, is it Samuel? Speak, Lord, your, your servant hears. Often we're like, listen up, Lord, I'm about to speak. Some Proverbs on the screen. So James is called the, the Proverbs of the New Testament for good reason. And you see just the unity of this. How about some verses of Proverbs on the screen for you? Proverbs 17, 28, so to speak. Even a fool, again, there's, 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 there's dozens. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Be slow to speak. Here's another verse. Let's put the next verse up here. Proverbs 10. When words are many, this is very good wisdom. Transgression is not lacking. The more we speak impulsively and without a guarded tongue, the more we get ourselves into trouble and dig holes and, and hurt people. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Next verse, Proverbs 13. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Interesting, eh? He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. And one more verse here, Proverbs 29. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. The Bible has so much to say. And by the way, as James goes on in chapter three, there's a whole like section, an extended section on the tongue and how that's used and sets like a forest fire ablaze. The amounts again of care that the Bible wants to give us on the words that we choose. Um, Alex Moyer, a commentator, he said this on the screen for you. The great talker is rarely a great listener. Not never, but rarely. And listen to this, never is the ear more firmly closed than when anger takes over. That's a great lead into our third command of this first point, quick to listen, slow to speak. And then James says, and slow to anger. Look at now verse 20, slow to anger. Why? For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Consider how often that anger, anger causes impulsive and harmful speech. Consider how often anger is used to compound existing sin in our lives. Consider as often the anger that results in words that we instantly regret as we say them, but we cannot take them back from the hurt they have caused. Consider the anger that has created deep wounds within other people, again, from our lives. I remember early on in a premarital study in a book way back for Jill and I, and remember in learning that anger is almost always the result of one of three things. Anger almost always stems from either fear, frustration, or hurt. You think, why am I angry? Think about that too. In times where you've been angry, sinfully angry, there is a, a righteous anger, but James is talking about sinful anger. Why do we get angry? Well, how about this? We, we feel fear when we start to lose control of life. We're losing control of situations. And because we're so afraid of that, the only result and reaction we know is to get angry and to cause anger to try to reestablish that, which makes us feel more secure. That happens all the time to our great detriment. 
it's a, it's a, it's a fear of losing control. So we double down with force and anger to reestablish that which makes us feel more secure and devastates others around us. How about when we experience great frustration as circumstances aren't as we planned? That could be anything from sitting in traffic, experiencing road rage when someone cuts you off to a teenager completely rebelling and I didn't sign up for this. And the frustration that comes out and the anger as a result because inside you're in turmoil and you don't know how to deal with it. Or how about the anger when we've been significantly hurt And because we've been so hurt, we want to hurt back. We want retribution. We want revenge. And so anger is the means to that revenge. It's amazing, isn't it? That like so many of us, maybe all, so many of us, some of our clearest memories involve pain. For some of us, we can go back decades to a moment at home or a moment in marriage or a moment, whatever it might be. And the anger of that moment, either against us or from us and the hurt, the hurt and the wounds it caused, again, either to us or from us. And even as I say that now, there's some memories that are flooding our minds to say, man, anger is so powerful. It's so potentially harmful and devastating. And once those things happen, there can be healing, yes, but they leave scars. And the wounds result in scars. And it's often things that are not forgotten. See, the Bible knows what the Bible's talking about here. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Sinful anger is that which results in tremendous harm. It can be healed from, there can be recovery and grace. And this is what Jesus Christ came to do. But it's slow to anger because of what's at stake. No, behind this command, slow to anger, it's more than just the outburst. The outburst, sinfully wrong, absolutely. But it's also speaking to a slow burn of anger. There's an accumulation of frustration and anger and rage that starts to build, maybe over days, weeks, months, sometimes years, and even decades. If the anger is not dealt with, the slow burn that's inside of us, again, slow to anger, slow to anger, we must be very, very careful, very, very wise, and very, very close to Jesus. Because if we don't deal with this anger, the devastation part is the anger starts to control us from the inside. If we don't repent of the anger, come clear before God, if we don't seek his cleansing and forgiveness and get rid of the filth that anger places on us, the anger starts to dominate our hearts, our lives, our speech and our actions, our emotions and our direction. We become dominated by the anger and rage that has grown within us again over many, many, many periods of time in some cases. Proverbs 16, verse 32 on the screen for you. This is why, again, again, there's many verses on this. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Notice, and he who rules his spirit, self-control, is better than the individual who can conquer a city. The strength of self-control of the Spirit of God working within us that we might see anger slow, slow to anger because we understand the seriousness of what's at stake. 
Hey everyone, I'm sure many of you have heard that November 28th is Giving Tuesday. No? Doesn't sound familiar? Well, Giving Tuesday is a global generosity movement unleashing the power of people and organizations to transform their communities and the world. It was created in 2012 as a simple idea, a day that encourages people to do good. Over the past 11 years, this idea has grown into a global movement that inspires hundreds of millions of people to give, collaborate, and celebrate generosity. Live in the Light exists to see lives radically transformed by the revelation of God's truth. This is what's close to our hearts. If you get fired up for the gospel and people learning about Jesus is your heartbeat as well, would you consider spending your Giving Tuesday on Live in the Light? A gift of any amount helps keeps us on the air, and because of that, more people can hear God's Word each day through stations like this. If the mission of Live in the Light resonates with you, you can donate on our website at liveinthelight.ca. We can't wait to see what God will do through the generosity of His people this Giving Tuesday. That's all for today. Hope you can join us again next time on Live in the Light.